Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Monday, June 15th. S&P futures are trading off about 62 points. That is 2%. They are at 29.60 for the S&P futures. That is off the overnight low. They were down at about 29.20 at one point. So they've rebounded, but still down 2%. Um, the major European indices are trading down about 13 to 1.8%. They have bounced also from the overnight lows, but still obviously suffering pretty steep declines. Asia was down across the board as well. So the big theme this morning as far as what's spurring the selling is definitely just another weekend of negative COVID-related headlines. So you're continuing to have in the U.S., in certain states, specifically, um, I would say Texas, Florida, Arizona are probably the big areas of concern, although there are a couple of others where you're seeing rising um, transmission figures and hospitalizations as well. And then you had in Beijing, there was an outbreak um, that was had that, that's been traced back to a large food market. And there have been a bunch of cases in Beijing as well. Um, and you continue to see India, Brazil or other kind of international hotspots as well. Um, you know, so for the U.S. specifically, you know, I don't necessarily think it's a quote unquote second wave yet. You're not seeing on a national level the numbers really inflect higher. Um, you know, you are certainly seeing the descent that we've enjoyed now for over a month from the apex. That's starting to level off a little bit. Um, but you're not seeing on a national level the figures inflect higher. But certain states certainly are very um, troubling, especially since, you know, those were the ones that had um, exited from their lockdowns um, er- among the earliest in the country, um, as well as the, you know you're, you are seeing I think some Memorial Day related um, you know transmissions as well show up in the statistics. So certainly it's something to watch. You know I think as of the beginning of last week, um, you know the market had just become way too enthusiastic as far as its assumptions on the rebound, as far as conquering COVID, um, you know et cetera. So you know we saw the the, the beginning of a reversal of that starting last Tuesday, Wednesday, and obviously on Thursday. Um, it, it rebounded a little bit on Friday, but I think it still has further to go. For me, the the March A, I'm sorry, the May 18th announcement from Moderna, that was a Monday morning, that really kind of kicked off this big melt-up rally where I think the market really began to divorce from underlying fundamentals. And it was very much um, you know, a market driven by psychology, by chasing, et cetera. And so I would like to see that entire gap reversed, and that would be, um, you know, about twenty eight fifty to twenty nine hundred in that range. So we're getting close to that point, and that's also where I think you know you really do have start. You start to have a, a you know fundamental support. So I think for twenty twenty one EPS, a one sixty three ish type number is still reasonable, certainly generous. Um, you know, I know I know a week ago there was a lot of talk about a one seventy plus number for next year. I you know I think that was too optimistic. And then, you know, an 18 times, 18 times multiple, which is still a very generous, rich multiple, um, you know, perhaps justified just given the enor- enormous amounts of stimulus being pumped into the markets. That works out to, you know, a little over 2,900. So you're, in, you're getting to the point where you are, you know, you have neutral kind of risk reward and you start to see some fundamental support. But, you know, there definitely is a bit more to go. My big concern on the COVID figures is, like I said before, you're getting the numbers that are related to kind of reopening and Memorial Day, you know, we're, we're now at the point where it's been about two weeks since the protests started in certain um, cities around the country. 
Um, you know, so you, you know, to the extent that those protests are going to cause transmissions as well, those are going to start to creep into this, into the statistics in the next week or so. Um, and I think the market will be very sensitive if you see a reversal in the New York tri-state area. So that's been one area where there's been an, an enormous amount of um, improvement, and that's offsetting, you know, the increase that you're seeing elsewhere in the country. If New York starts to reverse higher again, um, you know, I think that would definitely um, create a lot of obvious anxiety in the market. So that's definitely something to watch. Um, so that's the big theme this morning by far. It's just, you know, second wave worries around the world and, and the U.S., there was an interesting article on Bloomberg just talking about um, the initial vaccines that are coming through development and how they really won't prevent transmission. They'll prevent severe, um, you know, severe disease from forming in the body. You know, I think also just kind of, you know, piercing the narrative around vaccines where there's obviously been a ton of enthusiasm. You've had a lot of announcements. The market seems to react to every discrete individual announcement as these candidates move through the trial phase um, you know, but for a variety of reasons, I think, you know, there's a lot of, um, you know, a lot of the enthusiasm needs to be just adjusted and moderated. And I thought that Bloomberg will kind of talks about it um, in a decent way about how even if you have a, a safe and effective candidate in place by the end of the year, you know, you still have to go through the, the manufacturing process, the distribution process. You still have to encourage people to actually go and take the vaccine. Um, and then even after all of that, some of these initial ones may not even prevent transmission. So I think that's definitely an article worth reading. Um, the other big macro theme is just China economic data for May. Undershot the street mildly, not dramatically. So industrial production, retail sales, fixed asset investment, all were a little bit below expectations. Um, you know, I think the, obviously the big theme is COVID. I don't really think that data alone would kind of spur pretty aggressive selling. Um, you know, you are, you know, you as markets kind of um, come for sale off their highs. And as you see COVID worries rebound, you know, stimulus is, is clearly, um, you know, an offset and you're you're seeing now stimulus expectations start to shift. So the fifth fiscal stimulus bill in the U.S., which is due to pass in July, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, it looked like Republicans were um, had reached a consensus to keep the price tag at about a trillion or less over the weekend, you had Peter Navarro from the White House saying how the White House now wants at least two trillion. So you are going to see, um, you know, you are going to see. I think the numbers kind of creep higher for that fifth stimulus bill. I don't think you're going to get to what the House passed of three trillion plus, um, you know. But to the extent you, you know, you continue to see case figures move in the wrong direction, Trump obviously has a big election coming up. I don't think it's really in the White House interests. Um, from a political point of view, you know, there doesn't seem to be any concern anywhere about, um, you know, about deficits. So I, I, you know, I would imagine that the price tag for that bill is probably kind of creeping higher on, uh, you know, as we go forward go, um, from here for the Fed tomorrow. Um, you know, I don't really think the messaging is going to differ all that much. I know the Fed was blamed in part for what we saw on Thursday. It's not the Fed's fault. It was just the market had become too unreasonable as far as its assumptions around growth and a V-shaped rebound, et cetera. Um, I think the Fed was just kind of stating factually what's occurring in the economy, that you have an enormous amount of damage that was inflicted by COVID. That damage is not going to um, you know, go away anytime soon. And I think Powell was just being honest when he talked about that. Um, the Fed's monetary report to Congress was published Friday afternoon during trading um, and so, again, I think that's going to kind of form the basis of Powell's messaging to Congress. Um, you know, he may perhaps emphasize a bit more that the Fed still has enormous powers. The Fed still has a toolkit that has not been um, fully deployed. So 
you know, I don't necessarily think that's going to kind of shift the narrative dramatically. You know, the Fed has not been the problem at all during, you know, during this entire process. The Fed's been extraordinarily aggressive. Um, you know, so I don't, I don't think Powell will say anything dramatic that should really shift markets when he testifies tomorrow and Wednesday. Um, you know, but perhaps he may adjust the emphasis away from the economic risk that still exists to maybe emphasizing more, um, you know, the toolkit that the Fed still has to deploy. Um, that is it for the most part this morning. Not really anything super dramatic on the micro front, a couple of smaller headlines. Um, the counter today is very sparse. You have the Empire Manufacturing at 8.30, normally a very kind of minor figure, but this will be the first data point for the month of June. So we'll give you some insight into how June is trending. Um, other than that, it's very, very slow today for this week looking out. Obviously, like I said, Powell will be very important um, testifying Tuesday and Wednesday. Lighthizer will be testifying on Wednesday, so he'll give some commentary around trade. Um, you have a couple of central bank decisions. BOJ Tuesday morning should be a non-event. BOE Thursday morning, they are expected to increase their quantitative easing numbers a little bit. Um, and then just a few earnings reports, uh, Lennar, Oracle, Kroger are some of the bigger ones. But in general, it should be a, a relatively quiet week as far as news. Um, although, you know, again, I think the markets, like like it had been back in March and April, will be probably more sensitive now to these daily COVID figures that you get out of various different states and countries that will kind of hit throughout the day. So that is everything for today. Thank you for listening. <laughs>